Hello, I'm Andrew Jupin. Steven Sadak. Chris Gabin. And we hate movies. We all go a little mad sometimes. You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled one good scare. Sometimes. That is what I... Hello everyone, welcome to We Hate Movies. Thank you for tuning in for the second week of our Halloween Spooktacular 2013. This week we're kicking off the discussion of Eric Red's 1991 confusingly terrible movie body parts starring the lawnmower man himself jeff fahey although he will always be captain frank lupitas from lost oh of course he is of course he is (laughs) because you know why i don't want to remember how shitty the lawnmower man was Was he a guy? He was in the first one too, right? Or was he this? He's in the. I don't think he's in the second one. Oh no! Wow, he stepped away. He said no thanks to Lawnmower. They lost him and Pierce Brosnan, I believe. Well, of course you're gonna lose Pierce Brosnan, but yeah, I bet you for the producers losing Jeff Fahey was a bit of a surprise. (laughs) Although I've never seen it, that must be a testament to how terrible the second Lawnmower. The second one, you like. I've seen on like a battered VHS that I found in some store somewhere. It is fucking atrocious. I think that's how that movie came out of the Chinese factory that was making them as battered VHS tapes. I have a quick impression of uh, the noise that Pierce Brosnan's neighbor heard when <laughs> Pierce Brosnan got the script to Lawnmower Man 2. Okay. Ha! <laughs> just, just that. Just one quick. Ha. Just a haughty Welsh ha. <laughs> Yeah, that figures. Precisely. I, I think it's like Beyond Cyberdome or some bullshit like that. I really hope it's Beyond Cyberdome. <laughs> it's either that or Pleasures of the E-Flesh, possibly. Ah, <laughs> uh, so body parts, speaking of flesh. Yeah, I mean, this is a cool... Like, so last week we did a a, a franchise. It's, mm-hmm. your, it's your slasher. You're getting a lot of check marks on, on, the, on the old We Hate Movies horror list. Uh-huh. This week we're taking a turn into Body Hark Town, which mm-hmm. is... It's a creepy villa is what body horror is. Yeah, it's a weird place that I wouldn't want to be registered to vote in, wouldn't want to own property in body horror town, but it is an interesting place to visit unless you go down Body Parts Boulevard. (laughs) I mean, because this movie, in a nutshell, then we can sort of expand outside of the nutshell, but the nutshell is dude loses his arm in a car crash, gets gets an arm transplant, Transplant turns out to be from a dude who uh, was executed on death row, killed a bunch of people. The arm starts making them have crazy visions. That's the summary of the movie. It explodes from there. Uh, but, yeah, let's get into it. But, I mean, the problem with body horror to me is that it's it's such uh, – you're either this or this. And it's either you're David Cronenberg, <laughs> one of the best you know filmmakers currently working, perhaps ever. Uh-huh. And on the other side is Troma. Yeah, that's kind of where you're at. And like, there's a few of them that like this that just hit in the middle spot. 
But it's usually either side of that, and like you always want to be on the Cronenberg side, but God help you if you ever get to the other side. <laughs> That's the wrong side of the tracks of uh, the body horror villa. Yeah, it's totally. <laughs> I mean, uh, are you going to say something, Steve? Oh, no. Uh, but, yeah, and I, I know I've ragged on trauma a lot on this show, and newsflash, I still think it's fucking terrible. But, uh, you know, there is something to be said for shooting yourself right down the middle, which is totally fine. And this movie had the chance to be there. Yep. It had the chance to be right down the middle. And it's not that because of, you know, the crazy paths that it goes down does it make it a trauma movie. It's still way, 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 way better than a trauma movie. Sure. But it's just like, you know, here's 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 body horrorville you know and and its mayor is the fucking stupidest person on the planet <laughs> no, it's a living hemorrhoid like that bad milo movie <laughs> oh my god um, would dead alive be considered body horror it's kind of i mean it's, it's a zombie movie for sure but you know i mean i think i would put it in there there's a lot of like rotting. There's a lot of like yeah, that, you, that dude's face falls off in the soup and he you're eats it. Shit, yeah. Man, is he lucky? Lord of the Rings came around. I love Peter Jackson. I fucking hate that movie. I I'm sure that's gonna get a whole bunch of remarks to me on Twitter. And I'm yeah, sorry, like horror it. fans. I just can't. I cannot watch that movie and I'll, be entertained. I will say that of all of the the kinds of horror movies you you yourself can find yourself in uh-huh body horror is the one i would i would if i had a choice like i don't want to be in a body horror movie i mean it, i'll be the friend that goes ew like in a <laughs> in a body horror movie but the subject of no thank you now i'd rather just get now fucking you're saying now wait a second so you're saying like Somebody sees we are strangers at at a film festival and is like, Steven, I want you for my body. Or are you saying if no, you, you, Steve Sadak, in the real world found yourself in the plot of a if horror it befell movie, me, I would. Okay, so oh, you okay. you would wear a prosthetic vagina on your stomach <laughs> should the case ever come up. You're Write gonna, that movie. Write yeah. it. <laughs> well, they did. That's video. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, so you you would take the role, but in real life, no, you no. would prefer to not find yourself in a body. Again, I could be the friend. Oh, look, oh, that looks bad. <laughs> that looks worse than yesterday. You're the guy whose only line is, "You should get that checked out." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that's almost a universal feeling. <laughs> What? I don't think anybody wants to find themselves in a body horror situation. I don't want to wake up with a vagina in my stomach. No. Absolutely not. Lips on my head? No, I don't need it. It's yeah. disgusting. Yeah, I'd rather be in a really obtuse, complicated, saw-like contraption where my <laughs> balls get whatever, and then this there's a pile of sand that's going to cause my dick to... You know, whatever. <laughs> you would last six seconds in a saw-like <laughs> plot. Well, exactly. I'd be the asshole that accidentally breaks his neck before the contraption completes, and he's like, ah, oh, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> All he had to do was pull this pin. <laughs> what, what an really, idiot. What a really interesting, but fat idiot fell. <laughs> no, he Stayed up all night setting up this contraption. He <laughs> fucked it up. Wasted all my fucking time. I missed the new <laughs> madman. This is bullshit. Oh, man. A put-out jigsaw? That's fantastic. Uh, so this a movie... put-out j- jigsaw that's a huge madman fan, by the way. You want to play a game, Don? You play a game with your family's happiness every week? No, you're not supposed to like him. He's an asshole. Don't you get it? You're not supposed to like him. Who the fuck cheers for this man? I Am I the that. only feminist in the room or what? <laughs> so Jeff Fahey, in the movie Body Parts that we've assigned ourselves to talk about today... 
He is a criminal psychiatrist of some kind. Uh, he sometimes likes to lecture at an unnamed university. Sometimes he uh, interviews this one dude on death row. Sometimes he likes to write in his journal. Oh, man, this. oh man, this journal writing. <laughs> Can we talk about this for a second? So part of this, it's not even like the framing device of the movie. It's kind of just whenever Eric the Red decided to put it in his movie, you know, Jeff Fahey's just fucking scratching away at this journal. I'm almost positive that there's more voiceover of this journal than he actually speaks in the movie. I'm sure (laughs) it happens so often and it just dulls the whole thing. What's terrible about this voiceover also is that it's not necessarily always expository talking it's a lot of him just like man oh man i sure am hot today (laughs) (laughs) it's oh it's been a warm winter so it's like if you're gonna do that you have to at least please relay information to me. i was thinking about getting the ladder out to put up the christmas lights today but then i was thinking about evil and then evil (laughs) took over my own entire brain and now the wife's yelling at me and maybe now i should be making the pot roast oh i'm supposed to get toilet paper on my way home that's one of the things or paper towels no it's it's garbage bags oh garbage bags you're right uh so so yeah one of these days he's going off to uh lecture at school or interview a serial killer or whatever's <laughs> or happening something yeah <laughs> whatever we, before we get yeah. to this i do sure. want to set paint the picture mm-hmm. can we talk about jeff Fahey's haircut in this movie okay yeah mm-hmm. it's not a good haircut it's one of the, like you got your 90s mullet which is fine it's 1991 we're still we haven't we haven't overturned that that wall hasn't fallen yet the mullet wall hasn't hasn't exactly collapsed yet yeah for an example look at jeff Fahey's son in this movie <laughs> holy shit he but looks that, like every pre-1994 male cast member of a nickelodeon show <laughs> I'm looking at you, Bobby Budnick. Oh, man, that fucking Budnick mullet is just the worst of them all. But <laughs> well, he's, and that's what the this is a Budnick mullet. But he's in uh, our, the the kid is from Are You Afraid of the Dark? Oh, are you serious? Yeah, he is one of the kids. Speaking of classic Nickelodeon programming, mm-hmm. but he has got what I like to call the backfire mullet, where it's you know it's going at the, the top. You're talking about Jeff Fahey? Jeff Fahey or the kid, specifically. Right? Okay, it's you got, you got your short top, and then it goes back, and it's like a car just blew out its back tire. <laughs> It's, it's kind of like what Jeff Daniels in Dumb and Dumber, but not really. Like I don't know why he's definitely putting gel in there and scrunching it out. It sort of looks like an unfinished haircut. Also, it's <laughs> yeah. like he woke up one day and was like, "Man, oh man, I do not want this mullet." And then he went to the barber, and the barber like took care of the front of it. And then the barber looked at his watch and was like, "Well, you'll have to come back tomorrow." And closed up the shop. And Jeff Fahey was out in the cold, like. Well, now I got this fucking car crash mullet here. <laughs> this is terrible. Well, I mean, it's, you, he clearly has put a comb to swipe it to one side. Yeah. But he doesn't have the moose to keep it there. <laughs> so whenever he gets a little sweaty, which it turns out is a lot in this movie, <laughs> it looks like garbage. Because well, he's wearing so many mock fucking turtlenecks. You want to talk about a waste of 90s time. I it's wanna, mock turtlenecks. I want to get a look at this guy's closet because uh, I have a, a feeling there's quite a few mock turtlenecks going. Oh, there's here. a bucket of them, I think. So Jeff Fahey gets in his car and gets in one of the top four worst car accidents in history. Like This, this is fantastic. <laughs> what a fantastic car accident. I mean, for movie magic-wise. Like, I mean, it's a tragedy. Sure. If this were to happen in real life. But he, I mean, and this, there's a lot of similarities here to one of our favorite movies, one of our earliest films, mm-hmm. Sir Michael Caine's The Hand. Mm-hmm. 
And I mean, Michael Caine just gets his hand footballed off his head, his body. Right. But I mean, Jeff Fahey is dead at the end of this car accident. There's no way the worst thing that happens to him is he loses the arm. I'm going to say this, and you're going to have to imagine it, but somehow he goes through the windshield of his car and bounces off the top of the trunk of the car that hit him in front. It's insanity. How would that ever happen? This is, by the way, after... So he's riding along, and he notices the car in front of him has a loose back tire. Mm -hmm. And he's just like, well, this isn't going to be good. (laughs) And it falls off. He comes to a screeching halt behind this guy, and then they get rammed by a fucking semi. He goes through the windshield, and I guess, like, he loses the arm because he puts his arms out in front of himself yeah. to shield his face, which, come on, he barely has a scratch on that head. Like, this dude's dead. But, yeah, through the windshield, off the hood of the car in front of him, and then, like, up into the air and then down on the street. Yeah, right, the worst thing that happens to you is you're losing an arm. That truck wins <sighs> fatality. That's how that works. <laughs> <laughs> that truck, Red Brown, or whatever the fuck his name is, driving that truck, uh-huh. wins fatality well yeah i mean if the only real problem you have after this is that you need a new arm frankly i'd start believing in god (laughs) that's a great problem to have after that kind of a car (laughs) accident am am i the only one who the first time i uh watched this when you see that little the the uh tire going loose anybody else was like is this a medium movie (laughs) do you think like someone was mentally taking that tire off well, no, like he, like he was like, I see my whole. Fu- this is what's oh, gonna yeah. happen oh. because, like, if I saw something like that, I'd be like, okay, I'm gonna slow down a little bit, get away from this hey, car. A can little I get bit. this next lane? Can I, th- yeah. Thank you, sir. <laughs> yeah, totally. Just pull over. Like, oh, that's gonna be bad for that guy. I'll wait back here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why do you keep driving? I guess it's because he's using his tape recorder. I don't know the situation he has here with his secretary. Yeah, this that is he, very confusing. He doesn't want to talk to this woman, so he leaves her little recorded tapes, and then she has to listen to her tasks for the day <laughs> because he's like, now when I get to the office, I need you to do the following things for me. Pick up garbage bag, like all this shit, and I'm just like, why don't you? Why don't you just talk to this person now, Margie? If, if you're listening to this, I've been in a horrible car accident. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. He records these things in case he's in a horrible car accident. <laughs> he's that, just a little paranoid, you think? Maybe just a little bit. I write a note about the car. Man, that tire looks not right. But anyway, this, <laughs> don't write that down, Margie. Anyway. Got to make sure that my lectures are, that tire, That guy is really doing something with that tire. <laughs> There's a lot of smoke coming out of that hood. How did that pass a health and safety inspection? What did that truck driver sit on an attack? What's his problem? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> oh, no, I'm dead. <laughs> so we cut to the hospital. And Kim Delaney, the loving wife, uh... Is approached by Dame Lindsay Duncan, by the way. Who is fantastic in Louis Weekend with Jim Broadbent coming out soon, by and, the way. And uh, she's also the mother in About Time. Coming oh, out is soon. she really? Yeah, oh, she oh wow, big year for her. Yeah. She plays some kind of duchess in The Hollow Crown, Richard II, which is excellent. Good Patrick Stewarting. Oh, yeah, yeah, that is some intense Patrick Stewarting. I caught a couple of minutes of that the other day. Yeah, you want to gobble that up. You want to get up as much... I, I honestly think Patrick Stewart has 50 years left on this earth, uh-huh. but I'm going to be paying attention to a lot of it. <laughs> just, just in case he doesn't have 50 years left on this earth. I, it's funny because Patrick Stewart has a... He doesn't say anything in it, but uh, I'm a huge fan of the new Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Yep. 
And the only reason I watched the original like four and a half hour version with Alec Guinness is because Patrick Stewart plays Carla in it. Yeah. Oh, really? He, it, and he doesn't say a single word. It's just one scene. Oh, that's nice. And he's just sitting there with fucking Alec Guinness being like, don't you want to talk to me, motherfucker? Or like, it, it's just like. <laughs> that's, that's your Alec Guinness? That's as good as my Alec Guinness uh, is going to get. That's fair. Don't you want to talk to me, motherfucker? There you go. Yeah, all right. Uh, I also appreciated one last Patrick Stewart performance uh, in the now famous YouTube video, High in a Treehouse with my 30-year-old <laughs> wife, talking about double takes. Have you seen this? I still haven't done it. I need to. Oh, I need to talk about the quintuple take. It is the best work he's done in quite some time. <laughs> Richard II, be damned. Patrick Stewart stars in Stoned in a Treehouse is fucking fantastic. Body parts. So Kim, De- uh, Lindsay Duncan comes up to Kim Delaney. She's like, "Look, I've got this. Rev- you know, guess what? Good news is somehow I pieced your husband back together, <laughs> except for this one arm. <laughs> yeah, this- I mean, it was really bad. So I did a great job. We got a lot of shovels out there, <laughs> and we got them back. Uh, good news is he's alive. Bad news is he's missing his right arm. You know, you can't win them all, right?" <laughs> and, you know, Kim Delaney's pretty upset about that, l- rightfully so. And yeah, of like, course. But I've got this experimental new procedure. If you'll just sign on this dotted line. And I I believe that uh, Lindsay Duncan says something about we have a donor. Yeah. And my first thing was like, all right, Kim Delaney, just think about that for a second. I know you want your husband to be all in one piece and whatnot, but people donate things like eyes yeah. and <laughs> brains and hearts and livers and kidneys and lungs. Organs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Organs. Mm-hmm. Organs. <laughs> not limbs. Nope. Nope. Organs. Nope. nope. But no, sign anyway, Kim Delaney. Fuck it. Hey, you just take my arm. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> hey, you know what? I'll be dead. Take anything you want. That's fine with me. You know what, though? If you could just leave my Johnson for the afterlife. <laughs> I can't imagine eternity without fucking. <laughs> I mean, if you want my numbskull, you can go right ahead. <laughs> have it. <laughs> Interesting you should say that, Chris. Cut well, to, you know, Jeff Fahey, you know, he doesn't... You know, clearly he's not in the, his right mind to be signing any papers. He's missing an arm anyway, <laughs> to boot. So you know, he's a, missing his his signature arm. His, and I think like the the hand has Michael Caine. He's a, he's a noted comic book artist. That's how he makes his bread. Jeff Fahey's just a, a criminal psychologist. Like, what what's the problem? If anything, that totally adds to your mystique. If the following happens. You are recruited to the the FBI to help out on some crazy profiling case. And in walks this dude that looks like Jeff Fahey with a fucking explosion oops mullet, duster, and one arm is missing. He's the only guy Mulder will trust. (laughs) (laughs) You would instantly become Fox Mulder's only confidant. So he misses out on that opportunity (laughs) because his dumb wife signed some papers. And he's just in this operation room, like, oh man, are they gonna give me a haircut? No. <laughs> and th- th- there's this weird, like, face-off setup where there's a computer involved, and like, there's this guy we don't know who he is, but since we read the we read the back of the box, we know he's a serial killer. Right. <laughs> and you know, it, it, we're about, to, you know, Lindsay Duncan takes out the buzz saw to amputate, which we think is the arm, and then she just removes this dude's head and is like, it's golden. There it goes. And what's great is, you mentioned there's a computer here. This is as close as we could come to a computer in 1991. It's just a TV with a little cartoon body on it. And when she pops that head off, like, the little simulation is like, boop. 
that just comes off. I was like, why do you need this? I understand what's happening here. I don't need a TV to tell me. I forget what video game it is, but there's some video game where, and this is exactly what I thought about, where if you die, like your little, your little like soul guy goes up the screen and it oh. looks like a lot like that yeah, and that a little like kind of sound goes on <laughs> yeah that happened in a couple of old nintendo games i feel so the head comes off and then like they have the surgery and then we cut to What's basically like a Jeff Fahey working out this arm montage. Like, he's got to train to get back in shape. And, of course, it's like a gnarly. He's got, like, scars and shit all up it, which is weird. The way these scars were placed, I was like, didn't you just cut this off and, like, put it on? I mean, I don't know much about, you know, uh, fictitious arm transplants. (laughs) He looks like he had an adamantium skeleton put in. It's really – there's all sorts of surgical scars up and down this arm, which doesn't make a lot of sense. No. And uh, what I do appreciate about this movie is they do – because usually if – it would really suck if they were like, I got a brand new arm. It looks a lot like my left arm, but it's actually – you know what I mean? Like they do have – like every time they cut to it, it's obviously another actor's hand, which I appreciate. Yeah, yeah. yeah, That worked out okay. But then, I mean – once you see Jeff Fahey using it, it's just Jeff Fahey's hand with, like, crap all over it. Yeah. You know, at one point he's got, like, a really bad patch of, like, fake skin. And it's just, I don't know if this was one of those movies that wasn't meant for, it, like, to be put on DVD or what. Yeah. But I was like, why does he have that Band-Aid on his arm still? It's been months. Oh, that's supposed to be a weird scar. Uh, it looks like paper mache. Uh, okay, Jeff. Right and early in the morning, time to put putty you up. Putty your <laughs> arm up a bit here. <laughs> Lizzie Duncan had to put some chicken skin on there, just in case. <laughs> we had to even some of this out for you, sir. I'm sorry, it's uh, chicken skin from KFC. <laughs> it's delicious, really. You have some original recipe on your bicep. <laughs> the neighborhood boys start licking your arm. It's just natural. <laughs> it's normal. You'll be popular with all the dogs and cats. So in what should take about four and a half years, he's released from the hospital in about two, what looks like two and a half weeks. I think, to be fair to the movie, they do say something about he's been gone for four months. Okay, that's good. Because when he goes back to teaching, he's like, well, it's been four months since I've been lecturing you on evil. <laughs> Which Where did we leave off on evil? He exactly. is clearly teaching an evil of man 101 class. Well, that's, and I mean, it goes, it links to the secretary issue because, like, I have no concept of what, why would you allow a per? okay, so he's a criminal psychiatrist. All he's ever talking about is demons and evil. And, like, it's, you never hear him say, like, he, the word cerebellum isn't used in this movie. Not once. I don't know much about brains, but I know a whole lot about the soul. Yeah. Thanks a lot, doctor. I'll be <laughs> dropping your course. One thing that really stood out to me, like, when he comes home and Kim Delaney's like, oh my God, you're home. Here's our two shitty kids that we have. And they're both like, so. Can we see it or what? <laughs> and she's like, you know, let's let daddy go to sleep. And he's like, no, that's okay. Let's just get this over with. And he pulls it up. And it's just like, he doesn't even pull it up to the chicken skin part. Yeah. It's just like a couple of wrist scars. And yeah. they're like, eh. And then like the daughter buries her face in Kim Delaney's fucking arm. Have some fucking composure, kids. And also Kim Delaney be like, look, let me just sit you two down. Dad's coming home today. We're all excited about dad, right? 
He's got a weirdo arm. I, I, I know. It's going to be weird. Yep. You're just going to have to get used to it. Like, hey, let's, let's just sit down and watch the hand really quickly. <laughs> get, you, get you warmed up for what might be happening in this house. Oh, boy. I love Oliver Stone movies. <laughs> uh, yeah. He has to come home and he's like, now, kids, you're uh, probably wondering where I've been for four months. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? You didn't say anything? They didn't come to visit? This well, is Kim Delaney's job. Dad's in the hospital trying to learn how to fucking, you know, give a thumbs up, apparently. And <laughs> mom has to be like, look, this is what's going on. Yeah, cover up your affair with the neighbor person and prepare <laughs> your children. Because the girl, my favorite part of this whole scene is the girl, like, after she, like, is scared of the arm, is like, I still love you, daddy. <laughs> like, it just kind of forced, like, uh... Thanks a lot. <laughs> what luck. <laughs> My children still love me with can, an arm transplant. Daddy, can you hug me with your left? <laughs> Just your left. High five with the left arm. There's a great moment in the rehab where uh, it's like the first sign that we see something might not be quite right. And he's like trying to like pull on this weight set thing. And then his arm like totally jerks in another direction. And he's freaked out by it. And he turns to this nurse who's standing there and he's like, did you see that? And she's just like, yeah. Not going to report it, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did. I saw it. Just keep going. <laughs> just whatever. The movie's, movie's running late. Come on. Keep pulling on this thing. I know it's only 87 minutes, but it's going to feel like three hours. Well, that's another weird thing is that we don't really know like how widespread information of this surgery is out there. Because when Jeff Fahey gets out of the hospital, there's like... A press pool waiting for him. It's like when the juice got cut loose. <laughs> That's the kind of crowd we're talking about. I'm like, where? yeah, you're right. Where did all these people hear? Also, who cares? Yeah, I mean, yeah, all right. It's an arm transplant. Well, it's a big deal, it I would guess. Be a huge, but that's my point is that it would be a huge deal. You have been hearing about it for years. The, the okays you would have to get to be able to do this surgery. I kind of understand that the press pool's there. But it makes a lot of the shit that we'll get to in a minute seem insanely implausible. But wouldn't it make sense, though, like, if this happened, it's a big story when it happens. Yeah. And then the day he gets out of the hospital, yeah, it's, it's like the last minute of the hour-long news broadcast is like, hey, arm transplant guy went home today. See you tomorrow, everybody. <laughs> he went home and fingered his wife. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> Which is... The third thing he does when he gets home, it's literally, <laughs> it is, go home, to show your kids your freakish arm, uh, throw the football around with your son, and then finger Kim Delaney. Those are the, it's the third, and then have dinner. And then write in your journal again. Oh, that fucking journal. I don't know what it is about, uh, we'll call it digital sex. <laughs> sure. Fingering. Sure. It, <laughs> I don't know what it is about it. But like, and it's such a normal part of the part and parcel of sexual encounters. But once I see it on screen, I'm like, whoa! Like it's just so because they just pretend it never happens in movies. And when it, when, like, he's just like kind of rubbing her shoulder and he's like rubbing her butt. And I'm like, we're not gonna. Oh, oh, whoa! And she like grabs the headboard. Yeah. Like this is my digital stimulation position <laughs> or whatever, you know. And I'm like, wow, this is. This is a fingering scene in this <laughs> shitty horror movie that's barely a horror movie. And I kind of feel like there's somebody at the MPAA that has, like, you know, there's there's 
you're only allowed so many seconds of fingering before it becomes NC-17. Yeah, if you go over the allotted amount of seconds, you either have to cut it or live with that NC-17. <laughs> I think it's a solid eight. <laughs> eight, seconds? eight seconds of fingering or implied fingering. Uh-huh. Yeah, it, it's implied. I mean, you know, obviously, you, he's just, it's implied. Yeah. I mean, Kim Delaney's a respected actress. Yeah, a lot of, of digital effects. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a sheet. <laughs> But, but you think there's like a dude like uh, we'll call him uh, Alan Q censorship, and he's like sitting at the office at the NBA with a stopwatch, and he's like, oh, oh, get ready, here's a fingering scene, I'm up, click, and he's like watching, like, all right, hurry it up, Fahey, that NC-17 is gonna be calling your name soon. You may be rounding third, but you're out. <laughs> I never got the bases. I'm not sure if that was correct. That's correct. Oh, good. All right. Yeah. There you go. So, you're naked in a bed, fingering a girl? Yeah, that's third base. <laughs> Chris Cavett approved. The dumbest thing about this movie is he goes back. So Wow, that's uh, you're about to really say something here then. <laughs> he goes back to his normal routines. You know, he's talking to everybody about evil. He talks to the serial, <laughs> this other guy on death row. And the death row, this is when we realize something might be wrong. Death Row goes like, hey, where'd you get that tattoo? And he looks at it, he's like, like he hasn't looked at this tattoo before yeah. on this new arm. Like that's, And he's like, oh, really? And he's like, let me investigate what this might mean, this tattoo that I have on my new arm that I've just pleasured my wife with. And it's, it's, it's a word, too. I don't remember what the word is, but a striker. Striker, yeah. And he's like, that's only given to people who are on death row. What kind of doctor are you kind of a thing? And you're right, though. It's just a word on your arm. Like. Mm-hmm. You would notice it immediately, way before the fingering. <laughs> before I go into that bedroom, I want to know what all my tattoos stand for. <laughs> Was I in a Russian prison? What is going <laughs> exactly. on with this arm transplant? This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, my 20s, while being a lot of fun, a lot of the time, were pretty rough. I wasn't exactly rolling in dough. I lived at home until I was about 25. And for most of it, I didn't have this show or you lovely people in my life. I just kind of drifted around without direction. and didn't know where to voice that. Then I started to get my crap together one piece at a time. And the last piece, which didn't come until my early 30s, was therapy. And man, I wish it came along sooner. Ever since I started sitting down with a licensed therapist, I've had a place to voice my insecurities and try to fashion plans to help me achieve my goals. So that's why I'm thrilled we're sponsored by BetterHelp. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, and it's designed to be flexible, convenient, and suited to meet your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and the good thing is you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash WHM today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash W-H-M. This episode's brought to you in part by Rocket Money, and they have this question for you. They handed to me just now, Mr. Rocket just handed me this. 
Do you know how much your subscriptions really cost? Most Americans think they pay around $80 a month on subscription services, but the actual total is closer to $200. If you don't know exactly how much you're spending every month, you need Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. And with Rocket Money, you can lower those bills without resorting to having bean dinners every day of the week. You know, you have those bean dinners to try to save some few bucks. But if you were monitoring your spending with Rocket Money, you didn't necessarily need to eat every bean dinner. So find out what all the fuss is about. You know, over 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about, like the Stars app. Don't get me started. You don't have to go through all the back end of the website anymore. You don't have to call customer service. Rocket Money helps you manage all your finances in one place as well and categorizes everything. It's easy to keep track of a whole budget. Even I can do it and I got rocks in my head. So find out what 3 million people have already done. They've taken the rocket, folks. Stop throwing the money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash WHM. That is rocketmoney.com slash WHM. Once more, rocketmoney.com slash WHM, which stands for We Hate Movies. Ah, uh, he, he, he finger. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Incorrect. He gets his fingerprints taken. There you go. And you know, and he finds out that he's a serial. It's a serial killer's arm. To me, that's kind of a bonus. It's kind of like having John Voight's old car. But you know, Jeff Fahey's a real prig about it. He is. He's really so disturbed about it. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, I don't, I don't. I can't say that I wouldn't be, but I definitely wouldn't be like morally opposed to it. I'd be like. Look, I can I can still write my name. Yeah. You know, I have this arm. This is fantastic. But this is another this goes back to what I was talking about earlier with it not making sense exactly how much press this thing got. You're this is a new thing like the fact that you have a serial killer's arm. This was just sprung on you. Lawsuit city for yeah. for uh it, what for Lindsay Duncan. Duncan. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like I I mean I understand like a it's a problem for not telling Kim Delaney guess what? Guess what? It's a serial killer. That's a big problem. Number 1. But like not telling Jeff Fahey like, you know, kind of hey, guess what? But you're, okay. you're welcome, but it's a serial killer's <laughs> arm. I guess so, but like outside of the world of this movie where Lindsay Duncan will come to find out has some more sinister plans and whatnot sure. that really don't make any sense. But so Presume that this happened by a real doctor and not a Hollywood mad scientist. Sure. Who cares? Yeah. Oh no. I mean, what does it matter? Like, I, it I, would. I mean, I think it. I think somebody would have quite a lot to say about it if if you're using fucking death row inmates to just butcher them and like put them. They make you sw- swab the fucking arm of alcohol before you fucking get the injection. But it's not like they killed this dude for the purposes of the experiment. He was executed on death row by the prison. But they make a whole big deal later in this movie uh, with the fucking detective character, which we'll get to. Oh, I, this might be the most incompetent police officer in We Hate Movies history. But he does the old, like, when Jeff Fahey's like, how did this happen? How did this ever, the serial yeah. killer? And he's like, it's all very hazy, but the thing is he had a bad lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. And I'm like, what? Really? Sa- that's it? Save up, you future Dahmers. You don't want... <laughs> You go in that system without it without a good lawyer. No, you do not want to go to the route of public defense. <laughs> I don't I think 
I just think it's just a little bit much. And also, it's not like she's like. It would make more sense if she was like just a straight up mad scientist. Like she works in like an underground place. She's got some shitty old. This is a major hospital. Yeah, which also brings to the point, like, how is this whole thing being carried out? Because, I mean, whatever, we can just get into it. It doesn't matter. She's a mad scientist, and she's got all these dreams about doing all sorts of crazy fucking transplants and whatnot. And, like, you're right. She's working at a major medical center. This movie vaguely takes place in the state of New York. Which I can't stand when it's not a thing where, like, in Seven, they just intentionally don't say what it is. This is just, like, we're a shitty movie and we can't be bothered to set up where this movie takes place. Outside of there's a close-up right before that hilariously heinous car accident of a New York license plate. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, well, we got a huge fucking state here. But I guess somewhere in this state, this movie takes place. Upstate Vancouver. I mean New York. <laughs> <laughs> And I mean, you know, noted feminist Jigsaw appreciates that there is a a female mad scientist. Not many of those. And I mean, actually, if Lindsay Lindsay Duncan only kind of has the last, she's she's in like five scenes. She's really good. She, she's a, the only one that in the, commanding the British Empire in this fucking cast. <laughs> and you know, give her more to do. And because a lot of her motivations would be great if I knew what they were. And you just don't. You don't. And the only time, like, she's at the beginning when the operation happens. She's at the end. And then she's in the middle when he goes and he's like, ah, listen, Doc, I'm having all these crazy visions with this arm. I want you to cut it off. And she's like, you fucking pussy. <laughs> like, she pussies him out of the office. She's like, she's like saying shit like, uh, like, even with a gun to my head, I wouldn't cut this arm off. Why don't you grow up and just deal with it? I mean, that's talk gr- to the medical board. I, like, that's my whole my. Yeah, she she is not the end all be all in this situation. No, she's the only game in town. They, she made up this whole operation, so like, it's kind of it. Because it's a whole like the the thing that Kim Delaney signed the the contract. It's like a Devil and Daniel Johnston thing. It's <laughs> I would have looked at that paperwork a lot closely. I yeah. would have appreciated if filmmaker Eric the Red had put you know a close up on this document that was presumably glowing. We didn't see her <laughs> sign it at any point. The one thing about like he's like he, so he basically is like oh my god I'm becoming evil because my arm's evil and he goes up to her and he's yelling at her like take this arm off my body. She, I mean, she has a valid case. She doesn't say it, but like, you can't just be lopping arms off people. Once that's buyer, we, we like, you can die during that surgery if I just chuck this thing off of you. Yeah, it's kind of just like, oh, what's that? You don't like it? Well, mm, tough turkey, man. I mean, what do you want from me here? <laughs> Jeff Fahey stars in Tough Turkey. <laughs> uh, we should also note, by the way, so. This fella, this Charles Fletcher that's been executed, he was given the chair, I believe they say. Um, there's been a couple other recipients of his uh, his uh, sure limbs were. here. Uh, so we've got uh, the left arm goes to noted character actor and one of my personal favorites, Sir Brad Dourif. <laughs> Uh, he's uh, taking time out from not voicing uh, Chucky the doll for once. I think this is right before... Three? It was tri- right before Child's Play 3. Child's Play 3, I think, is like 93 or 92, yeah. so it's, it's right before it. That Child's Play 3 where that fat kid falls on a grenade, by the way. <laughs> Stay tuned. Maybe next spectacular. <laughs> uh, so he gets that. And then the dude uh, who played the state trooper on uh, Justified for a couple seasons. Oh, uh, P- Peter Mernick. Yeah. He gets both of the legs. He's, uh, he's also in Armageddon. <laughs> he's one of the astronauts in Armageddon. Oh, is he really? Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he's a good character actor, too. So they have the other 
uh, uh, limbs. And so Jeff he steals the medical charts yeah. and like he sees uh, the dude with the legs like kind of struggling, like trying to walk on some some parallel bars kind of a thing. And he steals the charts to find out information on these guys. And what's amazing in what has to really boil Jeff Fahey's clams here, man. Brad Dourif is living it up with this new arm. He's having a great time with this new arm. He's like, my, I've, it's nev- my life has never been better. Like, you know what I mean? I could open cans easier. <laughs> he is a painter who they don't say how he lost his arm. Yeah. But with this new arm, he's inspired because he's also seeing all the crazy visions that Jeff Fahey. They're basically having them like they're sharing the memories of what this dude saw when he murdered people, I guess. But one of the images, it's hilarious because. A lot of the images are just people, like, screaming, but then there's just this weird fucking image of, like, a plastic skull you'd buy at CVS splattered with blood, yeah. and they're like, nightmare! <laughs> <laughs> well, that was when the serial killer was on uh, Oz's production of Macbeth. <laughs> or is it Hamlet? No, they do Macbeth. Do they do Macbeth? Yeah. Which one's the skull, though, in Shakespeare? That's, oh, that's Hamlet. That, that's Hamlet. You're getting yeah. Hamlet. I'm mixing up which one they did on Oz. They did Macbeth on Oz they when, did do Macbeth when uh, Schillinger gets killed? Oh, yeah, that's the end. Of, oh, spoiler alert for a 12, 12-year-old <laughs> series. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, whatever. It's not really clear what it is they're supposed to. Like, if you're experiencing, why is it just, like, the killing memories? Why isn't it, like, this dude home alone making soup in a fucking tank top? You know what I mean? It kind of be funny if it was like the being John Malkovich things and you just like kind of whoop. <laughs> but so he's having all these visions and he says like, listen, I used to be this dude who painted shitty Cape Cod landscapes and they, I sold them to hotel chains. Now I'm doing all this crazy shit and my agent made me $250,000. That's a lot of 1991 money. It I, really is. Look, I got Francis Bacon's left arm <laughs> and we just went to town with it. I don't understand. I mean, like, it's, it's a movie thing and you just kind of have to deal with it. And it's kind of the same thing you'll get in books when, like, they'll be like, somebody's trying to... Uh, exhibit someone as a great whatever and it's not and they have to like oh he's a great painter and they there's just shitty paintings all over the place like you know what I mean it's like oh man this guy wrote the best book in the world and it's just kind of like a not good like little excerpt of a book or like a bad musical song or whatever it's always like they made the oh man it's the hottest song in America that's a shitty song Thank God the music in that thing you do is so fantastic. <laughs> it you're is. right. That movie would have been really unbelievable. Fountains of Wayne. God bless him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, you're right. These are just shitty paintings. These They're- are Halloween store paintings. <laughs> Ghosts and goblins <laughs> are all over this thing. What? And it's- One's just a guy in a wife beater, like yes. just looking out. That's you know the two hundred fifty thousand dollars for that man <laughs> in a wife beater. That's the one where he's supposed to be. I guess he's looking at himself in the mirror because that's the dude. That's the serial killer. Yeah. But anyway, so Brad Dourif's like, listen, man, you just gotta learn to roll with it. I'm making bank here. I'm on my way to my first million. Get the fuck out of my studio. <laughs> Jeff he's having some trouble. He goes home and starts wrestling with his son. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. Just a good old-fashioned dad comes home and he's wrestling. And he's been a little pissy lately because he's got a brand new arm. Yeah. And, you know... Well, also, uh, Steve, I don't know if you know this, but at this point in the movie, evil is infiltrating his body. Oh, yeah, because evil lives in the arms and legs. That's where you'll find the evil centers of the brain. Well, the evil limbs. spirits specifically. Yeah, ghosts and goblins. Many of evil soul. Freddy Krueger's in your arm. Yeah. Not so much your heart, yep. yeah. but in your, your arms and legs. Yep. It's just so... So, 
you know, his son's wrestling with him. He goes off the top turnbuckle, gives him a gives him a Randy Savage elbow drop, a nice hard knee, and and, and Faye ain't having it. No, he is yeah. not. And it's a real quick, and it ha- it's like a really like well directed scene of somebody hitting their kid. You're like, whoa! Like I was like almost as bad as when the finger went in there. I was just like, hold on, everybody. It's, what is this movie? It's kind of like a Zangief roundhouse. <laughs> Like, the kid kind of goes flying a little bit. He gets some air. And let me tell you something, Jeff Fahey. No one's giving you a quarter of a million dollars to beat your kids. You got to learn how to channel this shit better, man. And my favorite thing is while he's physically abusing his son... He verbally abuses his daughter because his daughter... He's At one point, he's shaving. Oh, yeah. And he, like... It's like Jim Carrey, like, squeezing the ketchup yeah. out of his chin. <laughs> like, he's shaving, and he gets a little cut, and he's like, fuck, god damn it. And then the kid's like, can I help you? And he's like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> he does a, He's like, what the fuck are you looking at? <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. And then Kim Delaney comes in yelling at him. She comes in, and this is great, too. She's like, you don't hit people, and she slaps him in the face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like you're sending some really mixed messages to these kids. <laughs> But yeah. yeah, this kid gets decked right in the fucking face, he and it's really amazing. He really does. It's insane. Everybody's a fucking painter. I'm sorry that you've got a problem with all this bidet. I'm busy. Inspiration is on the flow. The bluebird is on the wing, and I gotta catch it. I got it. See, I'm working on my first million here. Nice talking to you. So, Brad Dourif's a painter, and then so this other dude, the guy from Justified, and Jeff he stalks him from the hospital to a YMCA where he's playing basketball, and this dude, there's something about the, like, uh, Lindsay Duncan says something about, like, you know, that arm can do whatever you feel you want it to do or whatever, yeah. and I was like, well, that's vague. But I think what this movie's kind of implying is like he just has to think it to believe it. Yeah. Because this dude, they're like, hey man, you know, are you sure you're okay to play basketball? And he's like, yeah, I'm fine. I got to get back out there. So they're playing basketball, and this dude hardlines it for the hoop and fucking Shaq attacks this thing. <laughs> it is a hardcore slam dunk, and Jeff Fahey's just standing in the bleachers like. Brad Dourif's a successful painter. This guy's dunking basketballs. I'm just hitting my kids. <laughs> Got the short end of that stick. And I mean, like, here's the thing. You know, you got you want to talk about press pools. The guy that has two new fancy legs. People are following him. Oh, he's playing basketball today. Let's all go to the YMCA. Yeah, totally. That is your story. Not some dude got an arm and he's going to go back and talk to prisoners and college. Why students. isn't Brad Dourif the fucking the new the guy with the new arm is now an art sensation it's ex- it's like those people that like have a stroke and go into a coma or some shit and then they wake up and they like speak a different language or yeah. all of a sudden can play piano like True. a master that's brad duraf he's an amazing painter now where is the fucking newspaper i kind of think brad duraf's story that you don't get into is kind of very similar to jared leto's and requiem for a dream <laughs> yeah he shows up at some hospital in florida and dylan baker's like and just, <laughs> well that's gonna have to go it's <laughs> my weird dylan baker impression he's a weird guy so he follows this dude. He's still following him. And then we see, because again, 
Apparently, Brad Dourif's the luckiest man in the world. We don't see him have any, like, weird limb shit happen. But this dude with his new legs, his shiny new pair of legs, <laughs> are, he's driving home from the Y after fucking kicking it shirts and skin style on the court. And this foot, the leg just jams down on the gas pedal. And this dude's flying through the intersection. And Jeff Fahey, like, follows him. The guy's, like, finally pulls over, like... <sighs> Still got to break in these new legs, I guess. I mean, I dunked a basketball, but I guess driving is still a learning curve. Also, driving being a learning curve, he's not getting in a car again anytime soon. That is a massive, horrific, traumatizing car accident. That's correct. Kim Delaney's giving him rides to work for a really Absolutely. Long time. He's going to be a bike enthusiast he's from here on a out. Lot of cabs, if it's too far to cycle or if it's cold outside. Yep. Yeah, that cab company's on speed dial for sure. Bus pass. <laughs> Jeff Fahey stars in Bus Pass. And so he's trying to explain, just like he did to Brad Dorf, he's like, you know, listen, aren't you having all these visions like I'm having? And he's like, no, man, I just dunked a basketball. Did you see how cool that was? He's like, God damn it. Why am I the only one hitting my kids? What? <laughs> you got any kids? Are you kicking any kids lately or what? Like, I don't, I don't know. Let me ask you. Have you found yourself just wandering in a, in a playground, <laughs> just randomly kicking five-year-olds? <laughs> Let me ask you if that's been happening. So- no. <laughs> So we get to uh, what could have turned into a really wild sexual experience, which is the arm comes to life while Brad Dourif is sleeping. And this is kind of almost straight out of the hand. Yeah, yeah, sorry, Jeff Fahey, not Brad Dourif. This is almost straight out of the hand, too. Yeah, Uh, It's actually pretty much straight out of the hand. Uh, The arm comes to life and starts strangling Kim Delaney while Jeff Fahey's just like... This arm is up to no good, and she's, like, trying to wake him up, like, you are strangling me right now. The weird thing is, at first, she's like, cut it out. Like, it's just, it's just like, moment of, like, oh, stop it. Oh, you are so adventurous after this arm transplant. <laughs> um, okay, fine. I'm ready for some digi play. <laughs> oh, those busy fingers. And so they get in a big fight, and then it is am- it's not even like, okay, in the morning, leave. No. It's that night, wake the kids up, say goodbye, and get your ass out of this house. Well, smacking your son's got to be three and a half strikes no matter what. So he was on <laughs> thin ice. Yeah, and then, yep, attempted murder by strangling, you know. Because there's two kinds of houses in this world. Houses where kids get hit often and houses where kids are never allowed to be hit. Oh, yeah. yeah. And thankfully, Kim Delaney runs the right kind of house. Oh, absolutely. And it's a one, you get one, and and you've got six months to prove you're okay. <laughs> you choke me in bed, you are gone, mister. So he's like saying goodbye to these kids or whatever. And like the son's like, Can I go with you? I would have been like, Good, because remember that time you punched me in the face? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Keep walking, loser. Like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> it would be funny if, when, if the, uh, the daughter and Kim Delaney are saying goodbye, and then the son at the very end comes in, and he's got a stake near his eye. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brad, I get it. I'm sorry. <laughs> so he goes to check into the Tom Waits Hotel. Like, it's, just, <laughs> it's a real Skid Row kind of situation. And he's a... 
a psychiatrist. Yo, yeah. You know, like, you think you could afford... I mean, they got a nice-ass house in the burbs yeah. in wherever the fuck New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'd think it's at least like Holiday Inn or above. Yeah. This is like the fucking meth hotel from Breaking Bad. Oh, it's a by-the-hour hotel if I ever saw one. I guess he's just really trying to drop off the grid or something. I don't like. I need to go to a place where it doesn't matter if I hurt somebody. But speaking of just, and I hate to go back for a minute here. Speaking about the kids and the sex, there's an earlier scene right after the fingering escapade where Jeff Fahey stars in the fingering escapade, <laughs> the the sexy sequel to the Thomas Crown Affair, penned by John Le Carre. <laughs> You know, J- Jigsaw is definitely going to desubscribe to this show. That's for sure. Well, it's just a bunch of pigs on that podcast. <laughs> Want to play a game? A game where everyone's equal. <laughs> Want to read Fear of Flying? <laughs> anyway, so after the fingering <laughs> escapade, yeah. they the next cut, it's downstairs. Jeff Fahey is going out for the morning. And him and Kim Delaney, like, make out in front of these kids. Yeah. And you're expecting the big, ew, or whatever the fuck. Instead, there's an eerie laughing riot going on. <laughs> yeah. Like, like <laughs> daddy's doing it. Like, it's really weird. It's like we're seeing what we heard them doing yesterday. It's the most unsettling point of the movie to me. Well, because it's weird. Because he just walks off to work like, I did it. And then, like, she has to turn around and be like, what are you little perverts laughing at? <laughs> I gotta deal with this till you go to school. That's unfortunate. It's a good thing he's a psychiatrist. <laughs> Jesus. It's a good thing you live in a house where you don't get hit because I'd hit you right now. But that's unacceptable, so I won't. And she moves on. And she, I don't care what your father says about hitting. <laughs> so yeah, I, it's kind of my favorite idea ever is... Everybody who's gotten transplants from the same body go hang out at the same bar. It's a weird, like, twist on, like, a survivor's group kind of situation. Yeah. And it's clear, like, Jeff Fahey has called them all together, like, my life is just straight up falling apart. (laughs) Yeah. Can we go to a seedy blues bar and just drink whiskey and talk about our shared limb situation? First off, drinks are on Brad Dourif. He's just fucking rolling in it. He's rolling. Rolling in it, apparently. Why can't you go to a better bar? In that case. It's the same reason why you can't stay in a better hotel. This movie has no budget. <laughs> you gotta go in all the shittiest places possible. And he, I mean, we should also, we've, we've teased this terrible detective. He's also, at this point, beforehand talked to, like, as he's investigating the serial killer, he goes to the arresting officer, who is this gentleman named... Uh, Zakes Morkai. I don't know what this accent is. It's, it's an interesting accent. It's a Caribbean accent. He's probably. somewhere from the Caribbean, yeah. and he's the dude who owns the nightclub in Vampire in Brooklyn. Yeah. So we've dealt with this gentleman on this program before. I mean, he's been a bunch. He'd been in. <laughs> he was in Waterworld. He played a uh, like uh, some like Nigerian president or something in The West Wing. Oh, all right. Um, he's been around, but like in this, I mean, it's just you know, Lieutenant Exposition. And it's barely... I mean, this guy is a terrible police officer, and I don't think this character knows what the movie's about. (laughs) No, nobody told him. I think he has to keep being like, wait, why did you come to my office again? Oh, you're the guy with the serial killer's arm. Let me get that file. Oh, these papers are just everywhere. (laughs) Like, he just cannot get anything together. So anything he says, I'm like... 
all right, none of this matters. I either already knew it or it didn't make sense. Yep. So it's only important because now we're at the the blues bar. We're having a good time. And Brad Durf's being the voice of the reason. Like, hey, baby, it's good times for everybody. Look at my new arm. And they like, you know, they're all doing shots. Fancy legs is dancing, probably. <laughs> doing all sorts of jigs with those new <laughs> legs of his. And Jeff, he's like, but, but seriously, you've never even hit any of your kids? <laughs> <laughs> Not even one of them. This is ridiculous. They just don't give out money for what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm in the wrong racket. And then in probably the biggest bit of bullshit in this movie, and that sounds unbelievable with what is still to come, this guy is like this bar fly down at the other end of the bar. is like, hey, you're that guy from the news with the fake arm. Oh, I know all about you. Let's see it. And I'm like, really? This is that big of a story that this dude is recognized on the street now? But it's not even like, hey, can I see it? It's like, oh, you're that motherfucker. <laughs> you're that motherfucker got a new arm. Show me that fucking arm, you motherfucker. Like, it's just so, like, antagonizing. And he's, so, he's like, bitter about it. Like, I didn't get a new arm. Fuck you. It's like, well, of course you didn't. You have two of them. I didn't get a new arm when they laid me off from the steel mill, you piece of shit. So he's like, show me. And, and Jeff Faith, he's like, no, nah, you know, I am uh, I am just not a circus sideshow. I'm not going to show you anything. And he's like, I think you're going to show me this fucking arm or there's going to be trouble. It'd be great if Brad Durf and Fancy Legs are both like, Hey, you know, hello. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we're I all... got the other arm and made millions of dollars with shitty paintings. I've got... And he's signed to the NBA. <laughs> I've got two legs and a pretty good jump shot. <laughs> <laughs> to boot. Did you ever see a paraplegic do an alley oop? <laughs> it's pretty cool. You want to talk to me? You know, so you want to talk to that noted child abuser? That's fine. None of my business. <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna show me the fucking arm." And he starts grabbing him, and it's like really unrealistic. And Fahey gets it. Like you think, you know, his kid giving him guff. He's ready to hit a man at this point. Oh, yeah. If if he'll do what he did to a kid, his own kid, oh, a strange grown adult. It's been 25 minutes. He's been penting it all up. And he's just getting more and more frustrated because he's not good at basketball. He can't be creative. He still just has a shit job as weird kids that laugh at him while he kisses his wife. This dude has had it up to here with this shitty arm transplant. He's been sleeping next to rats in that motel. It's just... <laughs> bad news. Lindsay Duncan's just like, no fucking dice. <laughs> <laughs> so he starts slugging this guy. And then and we were talking about this before we went on the air, but what's really annoying in bar fight scenes in movies is when like the people collectively in the bar are like, hey, you don't hit anybody in this bar. And they all start like defending the thing. And it's even worse in this situation because this guy is alone at the yep. end of yep. the bar. Nobody's talking to him. And they're like, hey, they're hitting drunk Charlie. Let's <laughs> yeah, get yeah. him. The, the bar whole... mascot, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Nobody hits drunk Charlie but us. And like <laughs> everybody starts trying to beat the shit out of him. And he is one arm power gloving these people. <laughs> It's fucking great. And it's amazing because both uh, Brad Dourif and Fancy Legs are both just like, 
yeah, we're not going to get involved. Like, they're like, we're with you, but we're not that with you. Look, I'm a famous painter now, and Fancy Legs is about to go play over in Europe. Croatia's always the first step to the Bulls. <laughs> we can't get involved in this. But it doesn't matter, because he's, like, turning this biker's face into hamburger, and he's beating everybody up. And then, this is great, too. Like, the pacifist bartender in this movie. Like, and this is a shitty bar. And this bartender's like, hello, police department. This is Johnny down at Moe's Bar. There's a fight here. Can you get down here? All right, coward. Like, <laughs> it's a bar. Handle yourself. Yeah, totally. Don't you have a fucking cooler on hand to figure this out? And then as if they, they were probably in the same fucking bar, because a minute later, <laughs> Zakes Morkai and these guys... Funnel in for a bar fight. And what, what did he, Zakes Morkai, all of, he's, he's arresting serial killers and breaking a bar fight? <laughs> exactly. He's a homicide detective who got like, he drew the short straw and he's got to do bar fight patrol tonight. <laughs> it makes no sense. And the best part about this is like, Fancy Legs is like, all right, all right, it's enough, Fahey. The cops are here. And Fahey's in his, you know, murderous rage. And takes a swipe at Fancy Legs, and Fancy Legs goes, uh-uh, I've got evil evil appendages too, and sidekicks this dude, and it's amazing. It's like Chuck Norris going through a tree. This <laughs> kick is so great, and he, it barely phases Fahey, and I was like, are they becoming superheroes? Like, what is happening? I don't understand why he's so... Like, these limbs would be very weak. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's the thing. Like, if... If you get an arm transplant, which happens, I'm pretty sure like you're not you're definitely not riding with it. It's not a thing where you're like you know you're you're doing pull ups. You know you're just kind of you have an arm to maybe move around. That it's it's looking. a you know uh, Bob Dole's got this, or Bob Dole can run for office. It's yeah. just my fucking it's a suit, dead arm. What you call a suit filler? It's mostly for show <laughs> for like a couple of years at least. Yeah, because exactly. it is. Let's remember her. It is ostensibly dead meat. Yes. <laughs> Hanging off your body, dead meat. I mean, I guess you're supposed to believe that they've attached the tendons and everything, and yeah. somehow it still connects to your brain, and you can move it. I don't know. I mean, I know that, that we're getting there. Look, well, the, 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 these things are happening. We are doing some arm transplants here and there, but I'm pretty sure, and you know, bring, bring me some studies, but I don't think you're punching people, fingering your wife, hitting your kids. No, this, this is, is like a dominant they, hand now. This is if they cut up the limbs of Kal-El himself <laughs> yes and tagged them on you know tagged yeah. them on to people tied yeah. them on sewed yeah. them on whatever like fine okay then maybe you can have a super punch and a super kick maybe maybe it's, it still doesn't explain the painting it's not like your fucking teenage mutant ninja turtle doll where you can just snap off the fucking arm and <laughs> shove it back in you can't do that it's not yeah the socket isn't just a plug and play hole <laughs> that's not how that works and now I invite everyone to get a beer. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Let's just yeah. uh, like, give everybody a minute here. Because like, you're like, oh, this sounds like a wacky We Hate Movies movie. And like, you're right. It is so far. Yeah, there's been crazy fingering, hitting kids, Brad Dourif as a successful painter, all sorts of weird stuff we like talking about. This is the weirdest third act that's ever happened to a movie. It's so amazing. It's insane. And, and it comes again, at an absolutely nowhere. Absolutely nowhere. And this was another case of Andrew Jupin Presents. I haven't seen this until I had to watch it for the show. Mm -hmm. And so far, we've talked about, like, yeah, it's kind of crazy, but it's like, whatever. And I'm sitting there watching it, and I was like, 
Oh, no. They did it again. There's <laughs> nothing to this. All of those We Hate Movies boys, I'll have their heads. <laughs> Until... The third act of this movie starts. Because what you think it's going to be is that Jeff, the, the arm is going to start actually killing people. Exactly. That would be where you would logically think this is going. Well, because we all know everybody's seen The Hand. Yep. We've all seen The Simpsons Treehouse of Horror that we're guessing this comes from. Yep. You know, let me know if there's an Outer Limits out there that covers this also, or, or a night gallery where this <laughs> happens. I'm pretty sure it's not a Twilight Zone. Yeah. It could have been a Tales from the Crypt. Could it have might been? have been a Tales from a Crypt that the Simpsons got this from, but when Homer gets Snake's hair transplanted yeah. on, yeah, and, and you so think on. He's going to start murdering people and what have you, and like it's going to be a big standoff, and it's going to be him versus Kim Delaney, and she's going to have to like cut his arm off or something. That's a, that's a fine movie. Or the kid that, shoots him in the face. That's for punching me. <laughs> Whatever. That's a fine body parts movie. Right. Fancy Legs is going up to his apartment, whistling a jaunty tune. Now, almost... Not as crazy as what we're about to you know, talk about here, but so Fancy Legs has had the following evening. He gets a phone call from this guy who keeps calling him about this fucking evil arm transplant. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, all right, I'll go out to beers with this guy. They're drinking in this blues bar. They're doing multiple shots of whiskey. It's a hard living night. He had to power kick his friend. Like, <laughs> you know, it's really bad. Between going home from the bar, or between the bar and then the house... Fancy Legs goes grocery shopping. He's out of Bisquick. What do you want? I get, it's just so ridiculous, though. You're out drinking in the middle of the night, and then you're like, oh, the grocery store is still open. I have a huge list of shit I need to get because he's walking up these stairs with this huge bag of groceries. And I was like, you were just out pounding whiskey. Also, by the way, it seems like Fancy Legs lives in an elevatorless building. <laughs> did, he, did, did he move after he got the new legs? Like, this is not... The room, this is not the house for a paraplegic. Well, it's not. I think it's the thing where he was like, oh, these new legs. See you later, handicapped parking space. Three-story walk up, here I come. <laughs> yeah, because there's some, he, you, we do get a little bit of his backstory. Like, he was, he lost his legs, like, at work or something. Yeah, but it was, like, six months or six years ago yeah. or some crazy shit like that. It's been a while. Right, right, right. It wasn't just an immediate transplant. <laughs> no, no. He's been waiting on the leg transplant <laughs> list for a while. So he's coming home with these groceries, and this movie goes fucking crazy. Basically, somebody's in the house with him, and, and like, you know, he gets, we cut to Jeff Fahey. He calls Jeff Fahey, like, I think something's going on. You, you know, you might have been right about this crazy evil shit going on. I love when he calls Jeff Fahey, because keep in mind, everybody, he's at the Roach Motel at this point. So one, Fancy Legs has this phone number to this hotel room, okay? <laughs> yep. The other thing is, Jeff Fahey has brought an answering machine to this hotel, okay? Not only that, on this answering machine, he's recorded, like, a happy-go-lucky <laughs> yeah. message. It's like it's this kind of smart... Cute. I'll it's be honest. smart-ass thing where he's like, hi, you reached Jeff Fahey. I'm in exile right now because my wife kicked me out of the house because I tried to strangle her, yelled at my daughter, and punched my kid in the face. Leave a message. Hopefully I'm checked out by the time I get it. I was like, what the fuck? Who takes this much time to record an answering machine message while you're staying in a hotel? This is Bill Krushank in exile. Current location, the Hillcrest Motel. Well enough about me. How are you doing? Leave a message at the beep and tell me all about it. Believe it or not, I've been kicked out of my house. <laughs> Maybe I'll kill the dog next week. <laughs> Try to strangle my wife in her sleep. 
I beat my son. Now I'm out on my ass. I'm talking to the police. <laughs> Believe it or not, I'm in jail. <laughs> so, so he calls, and it's like, oh, you know, you should come over here because I think. Dah! And he's like, oh, man, that isn't good. And Fahey's trying to sleep it off, and he's like, wait, what? <laughs> and he gets there, obviously, 20 minutes too late. Like, he pushes in the door, which has been kicked, broken down, and, oh, my God, fancy, and a really good, good prosthetics of this movie, good mm-hmm. good blood effects, fancy legs, his legs been taken back. Oh, yes, yeah. <laughs> somebody has left the receipt behind and taken those legs. Jude Law came back <laughs> because he had to repossess his legs. What an obscure reference to a terrible movie. <laughs> Uh, so he's like, ah, I knew this would happen, maybe. <laughs> and this he, doesn't make sense, but I'll go with it. And so he like calls the cops, and he's like, look, this is what happened, and everything. And then he's then he has the thought, like, oh, now Rembrandt himself is in danger. And at this point, I'm like, okay, change in tone. Of course, Brad Dourif's not as he, he is not as nice as he thinks he is. He's evil, and maybe he's trying to make the perfect body. I don't know. Like I'm kind of making this my up, up as you go along. It's Brad Dourif, and just you know, God bless him. But you always have to suspect him of being the crazy murderer. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And Even I mean, Deadwood. If Deadwood went eight seasons, he would have fucking been a serial killer. He, they would have eventually made Doc a serial killer. And I mean, he's certainly the most animated actor in this movie he's actually kind of going for it a little brad bit. duroff is bringing it to the house like brad duroff always brings it to the house he didn't get an oscar for cuckoo's nest right he's probably nominated i don't know he was awfully young i mean yeah, not he, that that matters yeah. but I'm, I'm not sure i don't think so no yeah he didn't get it i think he's probably nominated that's so, a great fucking performance it really is it's still the best thing and that's done. that's a, that's a bar bet that you'll win every time it's like hey you know Brad Dourif's in Cuckoo's Nest. Get the fuck out of here. Like, no, he is. Nobody talks about Brad Dourif in this bar. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> um, actually, my favorite, uh, it, he did, uh, John Huston did Wise Blood, uh, the Flannery O'Connor yeah. uh, adaptation. It's phenomenal, and he's yeah. amazing in that. I mean, he's a great actor. He, 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 I think he actually legitimately likes horror, though. He's been pegged it a bit, yeah. but I think he kind of digs it. I yeah, think- totally. Uh, so... <clears throat> He gets murdered. Yeah, he, well, it's amazing because... It's a good murder, <laughs> you think, too. You, he's, he's the red herring for literally 38 seconds, and then they cut to him. <laughs> it's not even a full minute. <laughs> and, just, and the killer is like throws him out a window and literally jacks his arm off. Speaking of Mortal Kombat, he rips this shit right <laughs> off. This is, again, probably a bad thing on Lindsay Duncan's part. It's like, sew that shit on a little tighter, huh? He like barely has to do anything. It kind of looks like he's, like, ripping a pork roast off his arm. Like, yeah. it's just, like, it's just this easy thing. And oh, the- if you just cook it for long enough, it just falls right off the bone. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so bad because he pushes him, uh, this this entity we, we haven't figured out quite yet. We don't know what it is, but we see that he's hilariously wearing a neck brace. <laughs> I was like, all right, so the serial killer got in a bad car accident before he came. You think here. it was the truck driver from the beginning? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it might have been. <laughs> so he pulls this arm off like he's fucking, you know, pulling some taffy off. But like, and then he, while Brad Dourif is hanging out of a window, out of a window, way, should mention that. And then Martin sheens him <laughs> onto the car of Zakes Morkai, and it's just a dummy. Yep. Oh, it's oh, great. It's such a Brad Dourif dummy. Side question. You think Brad Dourif kept that Brad Dourif dummy? 
for weird Brad Dourif reasons. <laughs> <laughs> well, you think, oh, no, he's probably, like, maniac, and he has, like, all of the different ones that's been made of him in his room, just, oh. like, looking at him when he goes to bed. <laughs> that might be. Or he uses it as a way to scare trick-or-treaters. Me and my girlfriend have been playing this game lately, which is people you like in movies and other things, but you wouldn't want to have lunch with. Brad Dourif's kind of at the top of that list. So what are we going to talk about? You start. <laughs> that's that's how lunch with Brad Dourif would begin. If you I know. only eat raw things. <laughs> uh, okay, Brad. I, I got This is a mistake. I'm sorry, Brad. <laughs> I knew we should have went to Applebee's. <laughs> Brad Dourif loves Applebee's. <laughs> so, yeah, he gets slung out this window onto the car. And, again, it's one of those stupid things where it's like, the guy's driving, and he's like, uh, Jeff Fay, he's like, man, I sure hope nothing bad's happening to Brad Dura. <laughs> Smash on the windshield. And you're looking at the clock like there's 16 minutes left. Where are we going with this? <laughs> and Jeff, so Zyko, whatever, the, the, the cop, the cop, whatever his name is, I haven't bothered to learn it yet, is driving. He's like, well, it's clearly, because for a while he thinks it's Jeff Fay. He might have killed Fancy Legs. He's like, just you, you stay with me tonight. So now he's like, okay, it's not you who killed Fancy Legs. I wonder who it could be. And like, Jeff Fay's kind of cashing in this cop car. He's got his arm <laughs> hanging out. Now, he's feeling that breeze on the new arm. Look. I've never been arrested, but I would imagine that if you're ever riding with a police officer, he's not letting you roll down the window to have a smoke. No, well, exactly. he's also not letting you to sit next to him. Yeah, totally. You're kind of being, you know, sort of sort of arrested. Of, you're yeah. being vetted for possibly being this murderer. Yeah. You're in the backseat. Yep. yep. Securely. But no, he's to this cop's uncredited. He's a little too cash. And all of a sudden, this monster with a neck brace. <laughs> Slaps the handcuffs on Jeff Fahey, and now it's the craziest car chase in history. This shit is nuts. French Connection, eat your heart out. <laughs> William Friedkin, you wish you could have figured this shit out. If Popeye Doyle could have handcuffed himself to somebody and drove down the road in Brooklyn, holy shit. This monster is driving this car <laughs> mid mid pass does this handcuffing and they're just like stuck together and Jeff Fahey's like trying to punch this dude in the face but also he's like all right well if I just get in the car with him yeah. I won't lose this arm hilariously again and he's like shoot him shoot him and the guy's like I can't get a good shot because I got Jeff Fahey in my way he's like I can't get a good shot because you're in my way. And I'm the worst police officer cinema's ever seen. And we're driving 90 miles an hour <laughs> with a car tethered to another car. And apparently, what's great is the monster driving is not at all like put out by this. He's just kind of like got his got one arm on the wheel, one arm on Fahey. Like here we go. <laughs> He's done this before. And clearly, we realize now that somehow it's the monster is the serial killer with a. Head transplant. It, the, 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 it's the serial killer's head on another body. That's what we're talking about here. Not set up, not even alluded to. There's not like a shadow earlier in the movie. Like, who, who could that be? No, it's like they just... This was like a 30-day shoot. Yeah. And on day 29 and a half, they were like, hey, you know what could wrap this all up nicely? Holy shit, everybody. This is some crazy stuff. Oh, it's utter lunacy. And we're driving really fast, and we're we're about to come to a divider, obviously. And Fahey gets the idea. He's like, you know what? If you're not going to use that, pal, I'll take your gun. And, you know, shoots at the, the handcuffs. And, you know, now now 
we go our separate ways. And we forget that, uh, I guess it's winter in New York, because whatever. And this monster driving this sedan <laughs> hits a patch of black ice, yeah. and the car just, like, skids into shit and, like, crashes and blows up. And there's a huge fire. And... Th- in what is one of the funniest things you'll ever see, this huge monster is collecting the limbs that he's taken back out of the back seat and slinging them over his shoulders he's, like he's carrying a sack of soccer balls. He's got Fred Durf's arm up on the dashboard as if it's a half-eaten sandwich. <laughs> it's just so fucking crazy. Where is your cooler of ice? Like, honestly, that's the one. It's one stop at Pathmark. Cooler <laughs> ice. They got them both. It's nine ninety five. You, you, you Granted, you have to shell out for, like, the big, like, coffin-sized oh, one. Oh, sure. Because yeah. you don't want to, like, fold the shit into, like, a small little Coleman cooler, you know. He's carrying it like he dropped his textbooks. He's just like, whoa, <laughs> oh, got this one, this one. He's got two human man-sized legs and an arm. He's just, like, moping down the street with these limbs <laughs> like, it's a living. <laughs> it's like if you bought three watermelons. <laughs> You can get one under each arm, but then you got that third one. What are you going to do with that third watermelon? Why did I buy so many watermelons? Try to juggle Jeff all these. Jeff stars in Why So Many Watermelons? <laughs> so somehow Jeff he's like, well, I know how to stop this. And the, the cop at this point has gotten out of the car to fire at the monster and failed. Jeff he steals this police car. And in the greatest display of this cop's ignorance, he just stares and watches this police car get stolen like, well, fuck it. Yep. Just he, there's not even like a fist shaking like get back here, Faye. <laughs> he's just gone. And he's like, well, back to the precinct for me, I guess. Uh, hope this bedtime. Hope like, this suspected murderer figures out what's going on. So like, I'm expecting at least a 25 minute monologue to wrap this fucker up because I need to know some answers. Yep. Well, after the monster, like after this happens. The monster, after he's dropped all his limbs on the ground, and he's just like, he doesn't know where to go. Oh, my melons. I got mayonnaise on my severed arm. (laughs) Lindsay, like, and this makes, this was where I was really like, wait, what? Lindsay Duncan comes out of nowhere. I guess she's been following them. Sure. Yeah, her and a henchman. (laughs) She's got a henchman. It's a henchman slash male nurse. You cannot have. A henchman with a PhD. You cannot have a third act henchman. I will. Throw it right in the garbage. No, it's like if all of a sudden, like, Jack Nicholson's driving into the church and he's like, meet my friend Bob. Who the fuck is Bob? (laughs) Exactly. So, but (laughs) Jeff Fahey has left. Zakes Morkai has left. Uh Lindsay Duncan walks up to this guy who's just sitting in front of this fucking car explosion. (laughs) Yeah, he's just like... Ugh, you ever and, just like to watch something burn for a while? And like, as like he's her prom date, she takes her coat off, puts it around him, <laughs> and I'm like, is this the first time you're seeing this? And if so, why aren't you shitting yourself? <laughs> what did I tell you about a cooler? Honestly, I, I, I cannot believe the level. It's useless. These are garbage arms. These are garbage limbs. It Thanks is just impossible training a monster to do anything for you. Because, anything. Because the way she comes up to him is like, oh, my God, this happened? How did this happen? <laughs> and like, 
And as we find out, she fucking did it. She engineered this whole rat fuck thing. So Jeff Fahey's like, all right, there's only one place to go. That huge hospital where this arm Which is now abandoned, question mark. (laughs) It's like all of a sudden it goes to like the abandoned hospital that Christopher Nolan found for the Dark Knight. Like just this fucking nothing, huge building. Everybody's clear. It's like it just went out of business overnight. (laughs) All hospitals in upstate New York close at 10. (laughs) Fucking fucking government (laughs) shut down. Early hours. So he goes and he goes to the lab and... In another turn of just utter madness, walks in, and there, like a scene out of Hellraiser, is this dude's torso, the two arm, or the one arm and the two legs, just fucking swinging in this box. It's like an aquarium. It's an aquarium for fucked up body parts to hang out. It's where Luke went after he got frozen in fucking (laughs) Empire Strikes Back. They borrowed that tank and put a bunch of crap in it, including a catheter, which I didn't... Like, I'm sure... The one thing that wasn't going to make me say, this movie's bullshit! How is that living torso supposed to piss? Like, I didn't need the catheter. Honestly. How is his kidneys operating? It's, I don't understand it. It's so weird, though, because you where's the pelvis? Yeah. that's it's You got the two legs, you got from, like, gut up... Where's this dude's dick? Who got that operation? No, it's there. That's where the catheter's going. He's peeing into this catheter somehow. I'm not seeing it. Did I, did I miss the no, dick? No, I think it's got, like, it's got like bandages over it kind of a thing. Oh, yeah, you want to bandage that up. Yeah, yeah. Lindsay doesn't, doesn't want to walk past that once she's got her morning coffee, you know? <laughs> I know that I'm a mad scientist and all, but I don't need to look at a withered, water-worn penis every morning. <laughs> well, maybe Jeff Fahey got that, too, and that's why he's doing all that strangling stuff. <laughs> All right, so thank God the dick's there. Okay. So basically, he goes up to Lindsay Duncan and he's like, What the fuck? <laughs> like, honestly, like, I, I really, he's, he's speechless as everyone is. And, like, this is when you expect there needs to be a six minute monologue. Like, take me step by step from the beginning of the movie uh-huh. to this pelvis. And she's like, I had to do it. Think of the applications. <laughs> and he's like, wait, what? And he gets knocked over the head. I'm like, what applications? <laughs> what? <laughs> I, <laughs> just, just how? I need to <laughs> just shut down. That was hilarious. I need to see her going to dark art school in Romania. Yep, yep. This, needs, this all needs to happen. I heard pray tell of an ancient evil that only came to life when limbs of an executed madman were pulled apart and then only he brought them back together again somehow. Are you confused yet? Let's just I hit, know I am. Hit him over the head. Like, <laughs> what is the medical application of a head transplant? Like, and she's what, like, she's like, oh, and these, 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 you know, these transplants. It's only the beginning. Think of where this could go. And I'm like, what zombie army? Like, yeah, I don't. What, what do you mean? Where could it go? Think of all the people we could have saved in the French Revolution. <laughs> I just don't. I and the best is she's only telling us to think about it. <laughs> just think about it. She doesn't know what they are. No, but you know, hey, just think about it. If you have any good ideas, we got all these cut up limbs. <laughs> it's, it's like a. It's like a weird Philip K. Dick. Like she's like, we transplant heads now, and I'm yeah. like, what? Okay, no, fine, I guess. But why? <laughs> and why? Okay, fine. 
limb transplants. But the other side of that is she's like, isn't it cool how the head is trying to collect his body back together? I'm like, no, it's not. It's terrifying. (laughs) And this does nothing for medical science. Nope. And I mean, I'm so off the grid when it comes to this plot as it is right now. Why not just bring, like, fucking Hitler's head in? Sure, yeah, exactly. And, like, and you're transplanting like, Hitler into the new body or some fucking bullshit like that. Dude, that's Emperor Reagan. That's yeah. how that shit happens. Secret Nazi body switching. I'm into it. Fine. Term. Just need, I need a little something, Lindsay just Duncan. Anything. Anything other than you think about it for yourself, audience, <laughs> which is what the movie gives you. So there's now there's a big gun battle because it's Jeff Fahey and this monster... They time. They're gonna like tie him to a table and do the operation to get this arm off. And she's like, you know, but you know, you you asked for it, pal. Yeah, you know, remember you wanted it. Which also, why not? Yeah, just when he was like, hey, this sucks. She was she was saying like, deal with it. It makes no fucking sense that she's now okay with cutting it off. I can't. I just it doesn't make it. It makes the I'm just running got, in circles right the here. The monster <laughs> is mum on anything. Lindsay Duncan's just like think about it, everybody. Like what? And that male nurse doesn't have one line of dialogue. Oh, Rocco, the male nurse henchman, yeah. Doctor Doctor Rocco, <laughs> Doctor Rocco, the third act male nurse henchman. So he uses his Kal-El arm to break through these restraints mm-hmm. and get off the table. And he, they're, like, about to gas him and cut it off. And it doesn't work out. And then there's just all this gunplay. Great gunplay. Again, like, a lot of Cronenberg in this movie. Good fuck it. Good squib work. There was a lot of yep. money thrown on squibs. They, they were going to cast Billy Zane. And they were like, well, you know, Jeff Fahey's $600,000 cheaper. That buys a lot of squibs. <laughs> Do it. Make make it so. Uh, yeah, poor Rocco gets his little head just blown clear off his shoulders. Is Jeff Fahey somehow acquires a shotgun yeah, from uh, somewhere? This is what happens, and it pisses me off so bad because the monster and Fahey are wrestling. Mm-hmm. And he gets, like, Fahey somehow is able to... A, push the shotgun that the monster has, even though he's a monster, and with the other hand, rips off the neck brace. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, holy shit. Oh, it's going to happen. Right. He's going to rip his head off. <laughs> that's how this has got to happen. Yeah. This, there's no other reason you would have this character unless there was going to be a head rip. Yep. And then he just breaks his neck. Yeah, it's and, a really like loose neck break, too. And, and he just like does it, and then he's got the shotgun, and then somehow... like it. He has to kill the body. He blows the body away. Oh, yeah. It's body part, oh, baby. Yeah. So this is he. It's like just shooting gallery on all these <laughs> hanging body parts. And he's just chucking all through this shit. It's just nothing but pudding by the end of this. So he hits the heart of the body. So then monster dies for the second time. Correct. Goes, rolls his eyes up. He's gone. And then I think did he does he blow into Duncan's head off? He he shoots the doctor at one point. The monster yeah. shoots the Lindsay Duncan. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah, the monster shoots her in the head by accident because he, the monster's going for Fahey and he ducks out of the way. Lindsay Duncan just gets her head blown that's off. That's a real oh fuck because you know like the <laughs> oh I killed my maker god yeah it's just like. I got all these body parts that nobody else can do it. Rocco's dead, too. Oh, fuck. <laughs> My rehabilitation's in the toilet. <laughs> Who's going to put me back together? <laughs> fuck. He found the doctor from the human centipede movie. <laughs> Just, I don't sure, even know. I'll do it. 
I'll do more than that. You have to fuck me first and eat my feces. That's the one thing I need in the human centipede. Not the one. He needs to fuck something. That doctor is just got to be like, and then I'm going to fuck you. And I'm like, all right. But he's just like, it's again, think of the application. (laughs) This will change everything. Well, okay, but are you going to fuck us? No. Then why are you doing this? The applications. Like, no, like, give me a medical reason this would happen. I suppose these applications could be sexy applications, but it will only remain applications. <laughs> yeah, that doctor's got to fuck something in that movie. Chicken, something. <laughs> Somebody's going to fucking something. <laughs> So anyway, this monster comes back for one last scare yeah. and is alive again somehow. Yeah. And Jeff Fahey finally just like shoots it in the head. It's a good, it's a fucking then that Gallagher ending. Yeah, oh, there's man. a lot of watermelon bashing in this movie, which is cool. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And then Man. Somehow he explains all this to the police officer, who, who's like, "Well, that all checks out. That's fine. You're free to go. Fuck You're free it. to go with your new arm." And, and then we end in a park. We end in the park. He's just writing in his journal, and he's like, "You know, for whatever reason, ever again?" Question mark. He's like, "After I killed that monster, the arm stopped being evil for some reason. I guess there was no point at all to this film." Good night. <laughs> like, wait, what? It has to end. With him losing the arm yep, and being and like, you know what? I'm just going to resign myself to learn to live with one arm. Maybe I'll get a cool robotic prosthetic in yep. the future, whatever. But for now, I'm cool with this. Better ending is Zakes Morkai is like, uh, you know, oh, finally shut this down. Like he has like some effects that he has to give back to Jeff Fahey or something. Finally closed the case on this monster that's been running around. He goes to his house. The family's butchered. Yes. And there's a note. From Jeff Fahey saying, I'm going to go thumb a ride or some shit like that. <laughs> oh, Ooh. no. Hey, here, even better, though. It's signed by the name of the serial killer. Yeah. And then it's Jeff Fahey driving a car, and there's like a dead chick in the back seat. Yep. yep. Way better ending. That's what it's, I want. It's really like sweet at the end for no good reason. Yeah, I they're mean, just lovingly sitting in the park. Kim Delaney and him are like under a tree watching the kids play. She's like, sorry I made you sleep at that motel. Sorry I almost killed you and really hit our kid. Hey, Timmy, sorry about that again. Boy, I really love reading your journal over your shoulder. It's fantastic. (laughs) Hey, Charlie, I'm sorry about that drug habit you're going to have in like eight years. (laughs) But don't worry. I'm a licensed psychiatrist. I'll be able to talk you through it. Which it's one of those bullshit things where like it's him and Kim Delaney and they're, you know, have been fucking like picnic at the park and he like writes in the journal, which he thinks he's going to send to a journal. Yeah. And what, Fangoria? Like, I, yeah, I don't get that. And he's, She's saying, like, oh, you're, you're, aren't you planning on submitting this to a medical journal? Because the, his journal ends with, I beat the fuck out of him. Or something. Like, no, it's, I, I won the arm fair and square. It's like, I want it to end with a little humor. What? Yeah. And that's such bullshit. Because that's so the director would be like, hey, it's just a movie, everybody. <laughs> don't worry. Don't take this too seriously. This film you just watched entitled Body Parts. Is just a move. I just wasted three million dollars. Eat that shit. Would anybody recommend body parts? I would. I think it's really it's I think the beginning is fine. The first movie I saw tonight, Body Parts <laughs> Part One, is really fun. <laughs> body parts part two is totally fucking nuts. Body parts part two, the crazening. <laughs> it's just I think it's totally worth it to watch the switch. I like watching Jeff Fahey and things. 
I like Lindsay Duncan. I, I like The Monster. I like Brad Dourif. Yeah, it's, it's a strong recommend. Yeah, it's a recommend. Uh, everything, I mean, it's just so fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. And it really does earn that kind of just insanity that you want in a movie like this. It doesn't try to play too much towards, you know, towards the chest with that stuff. Yeah, I would totally recommend it. It's got a good atmosphere to it. Yep. You know, I've mentioned on the show all the time, I love atmospheric horror. And, you know, this gets there. It's kind of like a weird, it's got the feel of like a weird, like, Stuart Gordon movie a little bit. And, you know, I totally dig it. That switch is crazy. And even though you just heard us talk on it, I don't think it, it ruins it at all. Because, my God, that car chase is crazy town. And then everything that happens after that is nuts, too. And, my God, that answering machine message. <laughs> all of it is insane. Uh, yeah, I think that's going to put a cap on it. We recommended it, all three. So uh, no recommendations this week, unfortunately. I'll do a little sidebar one. I'm not going to make you guys on the spot do one. But I'll do one because we're talking about Brad Dourif. Mm-hmm. Possibly a stay tuned. I have to rewatch it. But Brad Dourif stars in Spontaneous Combustion. Oh, that's a fun movie. Yeah, that movie's speaking of fucking crazy. <laughs> uh, so, you know, if you want to continue your Brad Dourif marathon, that's, you know, so how about this? Can we recommend Brad Dourif movies that aren't One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest? Sure. Well, I did Wise Blood. Uh, you know, I will recommend that X-Files episode that Brad Dourif is in. I don't remember the title oh, of it. Oh, uh, Beyond the Sea. Beyond the Sea. Uh, he plays a serial killer. Big surprise. Uh, <laughs> and I think it's after Scully. Like, what is Scully, going on? Scully's father dies in the beginning. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, like, sh- she's communicating with him through Dourif. Yes. Oh, it's, that's uh, now I remember that it's episode. It's a great episode. It's a great, great guest episode. turn. If you, wa- if you want a good guest spot on your, on your uh, television... But give a call to Brad Dourif. He'll show up. He'll show up and figure something out. Yeah, there you go. That's a good call. Plus, then you're watching still good stuff from the X-Files. Yeah. It's before yeah. that show got shitty. What did you say? What was the other Oh, thing? Wiseblood. I, I would just say Wiseblood again. What's, oh, oh, Wiseblood. Yeah, yeah, the John Houston movie. Yeah, that's it's, for sure. That's it's a, a wonderful movie. And on that note, read Flannery O'Connor well, short yeah, stories. Sure. She's fucking great, too. Uh, oh, actually, uh, this is based on a Flannery O'Connor short story. Oh, Body, body Parts. parts. Yeah, 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 that makes weird. sense. Yeah. <laughs> Where does the hand of God fit into all of this? <laughs> Probably with that fucking answering machine tape. <laughs> God told him to do that, that's for sure. That's going to put a cap on body parts for this week. If you want to get a hold of us or find out more information about the show, check out the website, whmpodcast.com. Like our Facebook page and be sure to follow us on Twitter. We are at whmpodcast. Right into the mailbag, weallhatemovies at gmail.com. If you have any other insane Brad Dourif recommendations we have not mentioned here, maybe we'll read them on a, a, let, uh, a mailbag episode yet to be released. Uh, the Spooktacular Rose on next week. Uh, three more episodes. So excited about goddamn October. I love Halloween so and you know, much. I'll do, it, I'll do a hint because literally there's a hundred movies that this could be. Uh huh. Stephen King. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Stephen King. Start making your guesses, everybody. Check us out at the pit October 17th, 9.30 p.m. We're talking Scream 3 if you want to hear us rip on Wes Craven one more time this year. Until next week, I'm Andrew Jupin. Stephen Sadak. Chris Gavin. Take it easy.